Okay, sorry. So you're saying people just don't like listening to me on the podcast. I'm just saying if we could get the ratio more like 95-5, I think we'd really be on to something. Wow. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional voiceover artist that Alex could never have actually gotten unless I was his friend from 10 years ago. Welcome back to Landline Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. 503-894-8480 is the landline. Sorry I missed you last week. I was in a house where the power went out, backed up by a generator, landline that didn't work, and internet that went on all the time. No cell phone service. Quite nice. I highly recommend it. That's a story for another day. On today's show, we're going to talk about the phone booth I'm trying to acquire on Craigslist with Tim, the bartering winemaker, plus hot Play-Doh talk. The hipster toy store. It's got to be analyzed. We're cleaning the house with my significant bother, or are we? And we're t- going to the Float Life Festival outside Asheville, North Carolina, plus voicemails from the adoring fans. Thanks, Australia. 503-894-8480. Here's the show. Hello? Tim. Hey, Alex. It's Landline. Landline. What's your situation? Are you on a forklift? Are you digging out a tank? Uh, no, I'm not on a forklift. I'm just stepping outside of my office um, to pretend to uh, look at some vines. Nice. Um, and talk to you. Okay. Well, let's just, uh, I think we're going to have a nice segment on this week's show about the phone booth because it seems like we've kind of reached the end of the line with it. So can we can we just... Um, Maybe shoot through it here, 10 minutes? Sure. All right, so so you on the last show said that you'd look into trading wine for a phone booth, and you're great at eBay, you're great at Craigslist. Um, I was trying to think I of a name. I'm, I'm more than great at those two things. I'm as good as one gets. We were trying to think of a name for you as your character because Tim the winemaker is sort of lame, and I was thinking about Tim the Craigslist winemaker, but I didn't really know if that was landline. But Craigslist is a website that landline supports. Anyways, so you you got a you got you got somebody on the line. Tell tell us what you found. Tell what was the phone booth like? Well, the phone booth was beautiful. Um, and by the description, you know, posted in the ad, you could tell that the guy selling it was deeply attached to it. Even though, I mean, it's pretty obvious that having a phone booth in your house is a terrible idea. Um, and you know, he just, I mean, there were 38 pictures on the Craigslist ad, which in itself is ridiculous. Um, but I was really sold on the beveled copper inlay interior. It was just like, it was straight out of the thirties. You could imagine a, you know, like a, outside of a hotel lobby, this thing being parked where people would, you know, dial up the operator and 
and and call someone you know almost 100 years ago so i i had love at first sight and i sent him a relatively plain email inquiring um about its availability and he obviously wrote back that really brilliant email um very excited about a potential collaboration with us right so he um writes back this epic email and you know the the 38 pictures on craigslist is like the start of a character story if we were in a writer's room in hollywood and we were coming up with a backstory for a character that would have been one of the data points and let's just say we never ran out of data points for this guy who who became known as known as riddles um to add on there's another there's another uh data point his real name is jay well uh, his last name is well, whatever. His name is Jay Riddlesberger. We'll see if we, we take we take that off the website or not. Who knows? But so he calls himself Riddles and his and his email address is what was it? It was like Mr. Von Riddles. I'll find it someplace. But it's just Quipster Von Riddles. Yeah, Quip so the question was this person real? I mean, that arose a few times kind of at the conclusion of the story. So Anyways, I'm not going to read the email fully right now because you don't have the time. Maybe I'll put it into the pod after the fact. But he here's my favorite paragraph. He kind of goes, this is cool, and I've got it at the office, and blah, blah, blah. It's been here. It's been there. So here's the deal. I'm not actually a huge wine guy, which is obviously sacrilegious as I've been in Cali for over 20 years. But my wife, when not pregnant, is, as are all my friends. And the truth of it is, I actually do like slash love wine. I just happen to only dig the really expensive stuff. Not saying I know it well. So when my friends bust out a nice bottle, I'm always like, if we could just drink this all the time, I'd be a total wine freak. Anyway, point is, after talking with some deep end wine friends, they all agree. Saintsbury is a rock solid wine winery. Your glowing reviews are obviously pretty stellar as well. And my wife has actually visited the winery and definitely digs your wine. So, I mean, there's so much in that paragraph. But my favorite part is that in two sentences that are adjacent to one another, he says that he doesn't like wine, that he likes wine, and that he loves wine. So we obviously were dealing with a good person for a Craigslist transaction. I mean, exactly. And, you know, when I look look for bartering on Craigslist – you know, my I find a lot of people who don't drink, which to me is just sort of sad. Um, and then I find people who like wine, and sometimes, you know, the the challenge is maybe they don't like Pinot Noir. They're cab people. Um, but when I find people who like wine and know our brand and like our brand, then it's sort of like, I mean... You can the, get a lot yeah, out of them. I, I had them on the hook. Yeah, so... What are some of the items you've gotten over the – like you got that – well, why don't you list them? T- tell us what you've gotten out of bartering Saintsbury wine if you feel it's so inclined. Oh, I mean – A swallowtail boys. snowboard. Um, wait, the snowboard? Did I get a snowboard? Oh, I did get some snowboards. Um, yeah, large. Uh, yeah, that split tail, swallowtail. Um, I, Alex, I don't even know. It's, okay. Well, whatever. It's, it's, my go- it's my go-to move whenever I ask to pay for something. I ask if they would take wine instead. Right. Okay. So there's two major, th- you know, areas of this conversation I want to get through. Obviously, uh, 
the whole excitement about the email and all of that. So then it became apparent to us that we had a chance. So you forwarded me the email and said, basically, I got him on the hook. Now you reel him in. And I wrote an email back that started with, I'll just read the first sentence because I thought it was, you know, I thought it was right up this guy's alley. Riddles. What weed did you smoke before writing that incredible email you sent to Tim? Can you hide a bag of it in the phone booth once we complete this newsworthy barter? And then basically I said, we should podcast about this. Riddles, get on the phone with us and let's podcast about the phone booth. Because he wasn't completely sold on the trade and he was worried about it being in a place where he could come visit it. And we wanted to get him on the pod today and ask about the phone booth because it would be a perfect guest. And... And we'll tell you how that turned out at the end, but let's just quickly go over what some of our ideas were with what we were going to do with the booth other than have you drive it up to Portland on a flatbed truck. Your your first idea was to install it at the winery in the tasting room area so that anytime someone had had three or four glasses of wine, they could pick up like a bat phone to landline and just be on the podcast. Just be, and most of the time they just get the answering machine. But you know, we we do a thing at Saintsbury where we give people postcards when they're in the in the garden, and we'll stamp them and send them for them. So it's like all they have to do is like, you know, it's our way of letting them do some cross marketing for us because they're postcards that are obviously Saintsbury postcards. Um, but one of my great pleasures at the end of a weekend is to like pick up the pile of postcards from the, in the outbox and just sort of like read what people are are sending to people, which I feel is completely appropriate because a postcard is a a public, um, a sure, public correspondence form of, of mail. Yeah, um, and and I just thought, well, shit. How how good would it be if people could just, you know, have a few drinks and then get on landline um, and really hash out some issues with you? God, that um, was that that was an amazing idea. It really was. Um, I, I still sort of think it could be a possibility, but um, you know. It's, it was one idea. There's some logistical challenges, I have no doubt. So, and for those of you who haven't heard the idea in general, the reason I want a phone booth is I want to install a phone booth in my home, and then when the phone rings, I go in and I sort of flip a light switch, and the entire recording studio is in the phone booth, and it comes to life, and I just you know answer the phone, and I'm immediately being recorded in like high-definition, high-quality German microphones. And it's all recorded, and that way it's kind of like a booth, and people can imagine me in that booth answering their questions and talking to them about the digital world taking us over and ruining all of our lives. But yeah. So anyways, we, we I, I pitch back riddles, let's do a phone, and, and he kind of gives us the worst-case scenario. He seems entertained by my email, um, at least somewhat. At least he lies to me about it. But he basically says, hold on. Wish I could, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's two guys coming from San Mateo to see about the phone booth and pay full price. And then today I said, well, let's talk about it anyways. And he basically said, sorry to report that Neil from Contract Wrangler plunked down $900 after barely looking at the phone booth and, sh- and off she went. Silver lining, though, through my vast research and studying over phone booths for pricing mine, I have some other potentially more cost-effective ideas for you guys. I'll give you an email rundown this week. So someone came and paid $900 for this phone booth. Well, and what's funny to me is that 
this ad has been on Craigslist for weeks. So, like, I finally make my move on it, and it sort of precipitates a bunch of other people realizing it's their last chance. Um, so, you know, I mean, he was, to be fair, he was ready. He was like, let's do the deal. Let's trade, let's trade wine for it. And he didn't just want wine. He wanted like a tasting experience at Sainsbury, which I thought was amazing. I would have flown Um, down. I could have pretended I worked there or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, it would have been, you know, it would have been great. It would have been great. We were right on the cusp of like everything that landline strives to achieve, which is people just kind of taking the plunge and doing things that are sort of stupid for the fun of it. Right. I mean, we were right there. But I don't actually hold it against him for two reasons. One, that sorry schmuck um, is about to have twins um, on top of having a two-year-old. So the $900, well, who knows? Who, what's going to serve him better than $900 or like an endless supply of wine from me? You know, it's, it's hard to say. $900. Um, it's not hard to say. It's the wine, and it's the relationship. And he could have been clearly by his completely eccentric 15-paragraph email, he could have become a reoccurring podcast guest, which hopefully he still is. If he's well, not, yeah, I mean, he I could be an A. Ar- I, think his ar- I think he read, read into the emails as he should have um, and realized that, like, this relationship – didn't have to wasn't based on an actual transaction Mm. and that we've already established that we we share enough sentiment and sort of nostalgia for things that we could certainly be friends um even if it's just over the phone on a podcast once a month i can't keep thinking that he's rob riggles every time i think of riddles i just think of rob riggles dumb face which i love and is funny um All right. Well, um, I guess kind of to wrap this up two two things. Number one, to go back to the original conversation I had with you about a phone booth and with John, the constitutionalist enigma about a phone booth. We are all proven right or wrong that they're worth something. Nine hundred dollars. Why? Who's paying nine hundred dollars for this thing? What like well, what, what what's the use if it's not me overpaying for something stupid for a podcast that's on a landline? What is it? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that they're, I think that they are. I mean, one that's beautiful, right? It's like mahogany. Um, they're like these craft handmade things, especially if you get one from the the thirties or forties. Um, I mean, the interior of that thing. I mean, copper inlay. It's like I like. That's like that's the sort of thing you you buy at a you know an antique mall. Um, so some idiot has to think it's a good idea to have it in their home. But the more I've looked for it, I've seen like British red phone booths popping up in strange places, like in people's yards. So I just think there's a contingency of people who are still nostalgic for the landline or a, a payphone, um, which are all but you know gone extinct so you know there's more people than us who think stupid things are good ideas that's somewhat reassuring i think um when i went to london when i was maybe eight or eight or nine my parents and took my sister and i there and um one of the things was all phone booths of course were still huge and you know i think there's probably a lot of british phone booths because there's no more british phone booths so they have to go someplace but i remember all of these like 
prostitute and peep show ads that were posted up in all the phone booths. And just just by happenstance, the number was almost identical to like the area code and first three digits of the number in Nantucket where my parents have their house. So my dad like took 150 of them back to the United States and would like pin them up in people's houses at dinner parties when they weren't looking. Uh, your dad is funny. Uh, maybe I'll call him after this. Okay, so not to end on a depressing note, but it sounds like you're more optimistic. I, I guess I, I thought my takeaway was like, here's another relationship that couldn't jump from email to a podcast or to a personal relationship that like we gave him a chance to sort of like, you know, go outside of his comfort zone and engage with us and it didn't happen. But I, it sounds like you you're optimistic that that's not the case. Well, my, my argument is if I had gotten to him a week and a half ago, it would have been ours. Um, one, two, I mean, maybe I could have chimed in and tried to make a deal really sweet before those guys came, but you know, I don't really think it's about that. Um, to be fair, riddles couldn't pod with us today because he had to bring his two year old daughter to a Moana sing along at the Castro theater. So wow. if you know, it's like male only performers, hopefully. I mean, who who knows? I mean, I have a feeling the cat it's just going to be full of full-grown men singing along to Moana. Um, so I think Riddles is still sort of on our plane. Um, we're just going to have to, you know, we're going to have to tread lightly in our in our approach and see what we think. I, it would kind of harken back to those times of, like, sending, you know, like – Sending a girl a text message the night after you got her number, like in college, and just trying to think of like the wittiest thing you could with the hope that she'd think it was funny and actually write you back. I got like a tiny bit of, you know how sometimes there's the smell you get in the world that makes you like remember a specific time and a specific place? The like smell of this email with riddles that it had that same emotional trigger in me, which was fun. I haven't felt that in a long time. So there you go. Yeah, so exactly. This this is our first foray. You know, the other guy who had another phone booth was very set at $800 and didn't drink. So, um, you know, we're one for two in responses in a positive way, and uh, that's just searching the Bay Area. So we'll find our phone booth. Don't you worry. All right. Uh, I'll let you go here in 40 seconds. Just I'm sure you're so sick of wine and, you know, the bedrock of our landline relationship is two guys, one cup where we drink a bottle of wine. But just tell us for those of them, the listeners, which are getting five times more listeners per week than I did this time last year. So landline is on the up and up. Um, Tell me. What what do you drink? Like you can't drink wine when you get home. So like, what actually tastes good to you as an alcoholic beverage right now? Because you're drinking wine in juice form. You're tasting grapes. You're drinking wine in barrels. It's like you must just hate wine right now. Yeah, I'm not drinking a lot of wine. Um, Modelo Special mm. um, is a standard. Um, I have my lab fridge full of that usually, and at night in the evenings, if I'm not crushing at least a six pack of Lacroix, um, I'm drinking just straight mezcal. Wow! All right. Well, Lacroix turns out the flavors aren't natural. Don't know if you care. And uh, 
I don't know if you saw that the founder and CEO of LaCroix sexually harassed another man on a private jet, but just factor that into your consumer behavior. Uh, yeah. All right. I will. All right. Well, thanks so much for all this legwork. Uh, be safe at the winery today, and we'll call you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Landline. Drinking wine with a friend. The good times never end. Having a glass and tapping that ass. Yeah, it's a good time when it's two guys in one cup. Having adventures and sharing emotions. Two guys in one cup. Lathering up with so many lotions When friends get together to drink wine You know they're gonna have a good time It's two guys in one cup Forever and ever Landline You have six new messages First voice message Oh my god, Alex. I have been ranting at some random person's fucking answering machine for the past two days after listening to the Kavanaugh episode. And like, then I called you tonight a bunch of times and apologized and thought you were ignoring me. Also, I found out that you were in Berkeley, what the fuck, and didn't call me. That was not cool. Um, and I like really critiqued your message being because it was just like you have reached eight whatever eight nine four eight nine eight oh which is what i called sorry that person um please leave a message and i was like this is so not landline how could you i feel betrayed on all levels anyways (laughs) so that happened i guess call me back and i'll um recount my rant if you want to hear them also fuck you for not calling me when you're in Berkeley. Love you. Bye. End of message. To message erased. Landline. I just recorded that piece with Tim, and then I had a in-live-time significant bother. Go ahead, give it to me. Okay, so Alex goes to explain the Riddle's email and then segues into, oh, man, we had so many great ideas for that phone booth. Um, Tim had this great idea that blah, 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 blah. Hey, host, if it's Tim's idea, ask him to explain it. Okay, sorry. So you're saying people just don't like listening to me on the podcast. I'm just saying if we could get the ratio more like 95-5, I think we'd really be onto something. Wow. Spoken like a true pain in my fucking ass. (laughs) How come this is uh break? Are we, are we getting good levels here? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Um <clears throat> okay. We're gonna do the annex now. Welcome to, welcome back to the annex. So for those of you who have listened in the past, the annex used to be the movie annex, and Anna and I would go usually to dinner and a movie and we would experience a American movie theater of some ilk, you know, independent or big and puffy or someplace in the middle. And we would basically critique the experience. And it was a really nice time for Landline to go out in public. That was one of the major elements. Boy, how we've gotten wise to that scheme. And two, we just thought that it was a nice way to kind of like, well, one of the things about a movie theater is you, you can't have your cell phone on or you shouldn't. And so 
Um, it was kind of an old-fashioned experience that we thought everyone should have. Plus, we love movies, and we wanted to critique them. And a lot of the most loved podcasts, or at least the ones your friends actually listen to, were the movie annex. So it's not that we're never going to go to a movie again. I think that both of us with our second husbands and wives will probably go to movies in our 50s. But That'll be so fun. But the reality is, right now, we can't afford the time or the money to rent a babysitter is that the right term for 130 dollars and then go to the movies and not like i don't know i mean what is blah 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 it's so boring exactly so well so is this podcast and yet people listen so here we go we're gonna do an we're gonna do an annex potpourri not Mm. so now moving forward we're gonna annex anything we can annex the pancake breakfast with uh ultralight airplanes that we went to we're gonna annex the um you know college football game that we went to with family we're gonna do whatever we're gonna annex but i have three specific annex annex experiences that i'm gonna pepper shot you with i just want to preface the audience by saying i have not been briefed on these three annex experiences so uh, onward onward and upward so we'll start with what i think is the most notable which was the float life festival Float on. Outside Mills River, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, in a camp called Deerfields. Deerfield. Um, Float Life Festival was a festival celebrating the one wheel. Anna, you're a designer and someone who understands structural engineering. Why don't you explain the one wheel? The fastest way for me to explain this is, have you guys seen a boosted board, which is essentially an, a rechargeable electric skateboard that you hold the operator in your hand to accelerate decelerate whatever well the one wheel takes that concept and combines it with an endo board and like a gyroscope and allows the user to excel there's like a big there's a single one wheel in the middle and on either side of that wheel is almost like a skateboard like platform and the platform bisects the wheel in half Um, both in plan and section. The user stands with one foot on either side of the wheel, and by shifting their body weight, they can make the one wheel move forward, backward, decelerate, accelerate, etc. So um, to me, this was a brand new experience seeing people on these things, but uh, I'm not sure if they've been around for a while or not, but this feels like a very new, fun technology. And my little nephews like rage up and down um, the mountainside outside of Asheville, North Carolina on these things. So they're burly, they're fun, they're fast, and um, they could be kind of like a new thing that people do. Definitely. So the sensors under your feet power them and they're powered by, I think, lithium batteries. You plug them in at night. I'm sure that there's a solar panel that you can get as an add-on. Mm. Um, the tires, the things are heavy. They probably wear 40 pounds. I rode one. I lifted one. And you think that they would be perfect for commuting, which people are using them. If you're in New York City, if you're in L.A., I bet you'll see someone on a one-wheel commuting. They have one of the ways you can identify that it is a strip of white lights on the front and a strip of red lights on the back that look very UFO to me. And... It's super cool because if you ride goofy and you change direction mid one wheel, the lights switch orientation, Mm. which is cool, too. So you always know which side is coming and which side is going. Now, before you jump on Amazon on your iPads and order these things, they're $1,400 a piece. So 
and uh, our our family is is riding on them thanks to the largesse of of in-laws which you know whatever we all experience that so and because they know the distributor and that's why they were at the festival there our 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 family was our brother and sister-in-law and a sister and husband are professional musicians so we went to the one wheel festival because they were playing there so anyways we could do 45 minutes on the one wheel festival we're not going to because i want to get to two other experiences let's just say it was at the long at the end of a long gravel road up a hill in an old camp and it's a pretty subdued festival. It's the first one ever. People are camping up there, but people are riding around this camp with all these cute, cool buildings and a lake in it on their one wheels with headlamps. And the reason we're there is to watch Anna's family play music. And we get there. And well, why don't you describe the scene a little bit? The stars, the Oh, man, it was stand. so beautiful. Um, the approach was reminiscent. I'm sure all of you have had the experience of being like, okay, well, the GPS has stopped working and this feels really fucking out there. I hope we end up in the right place. And sure enough, we pulled up and it had been a very rainy day thanks to the remnants of Hurricane Michael in western North Carolina. And it was just a cute scene, as Alex describes, of athletic, kind of crunchy, Central Oregon, I said athletic already, people um, in lycra and sweatshirts and headlamps and um, beards. Beards. And they had just spent the entire day doing, uh, hanging out with one another and doing workshops and, and raging on their on their toys and now it was time for some fun um so they had a big buffet of food i think people kind of brought stuff so it was very homespun yeah giant trays of delicious macaroni and cheese that i jammed in after dipping in in barbecue sauce when no one was looking i kind of raided the buffet kinda you know that one. pulled pork coleslaw but good stuff that people had made and brought in dishes so I was really jonesing for a beer. I had done a good job of not having one that night until we got there. And I was like, okay, I've got a ride. And his dad's driving. He doesn't drink. And I'm kind of the third wheel here. There's plenty of distractions. I'm going to have a couple pops up at the one wheel. You could have just called yourself the one wheel. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So I start looking around and people are drinking cans of PBR and cans of, uh, you know, whatever. Sweetwater 420 ale. Aeoli. And so um start asking people for beer. Hey, where are the beer? Oh, there was some out by the check-in. But people are like not committed to beer. Yeah, it's just the, the the it's everyone's looking at me sideways. Clearly, you know, I don't have a southern twang. Why am I being so sort of aggressive with my questioning and it's like who's this alcoholic without a one wheel following us around and eating our mac and cheese? And, and so I also guess that the reactions that I was getting didn't indicate that they understand how I was asking the question. The way I was asking the question was, hey, we're out in the middle of the woods and there's no way in hell you people don't have a stash of beer someplace. So can you give me some information on that? And I didn't really get anywhere. And finally, I forget how someone told me that there were. Oh, I think I found it. I went into Bill, Bill and Mary are Anna's sister and brother uh, in law and husband and wife. Incredible touring bluegrass musicians. I realized after going into their minivan that there were two kegs of beer in the back. And so I'm starting to get nervous. that The story doesn't go anywhere. Um, but I guess the point is this. I pulled the beer out. 
I got some buddies to help me get a keg of beer out. We found a tap. The beer, here's the point of the story. It was a festival where no one knew where the beer was. No one cared where the beer was. And there were two kegs getting warm in the back of a minivan. And the only reason the beer ever came out of that minivan was because I, the aggressive alcoholic of the party, was asking around. And then I got guys to help me lift it out of the keg, the, out of the van and then tap it. Then there weren't any cups and people started spraying this just tapped beer into their empty beer cans. And like I put that it was in. awesome. And finally, there was like someone there. One concessionaire there was selling like elephant ears and sodas. And I asked them for a sleeve of cups and they're like, well, they already borrowed 400 plates from us. But sure. Here, Jesus. Here's some beer. So finally, we got it all together. We got the plastic keg cups that are going to ru- ruin the Indonesian Ocean. We got the warm warming up pale ale, you know, 5.6 percent or whatever it was, which is delicious. And we got the the tap. All of a sudden, everybody swarms to the beer keg, and there's a line. People are asking me if there are more cups, if they can have a cup, while they're like putting their hands in the you know crook of my arm, trying to fish the cups out of the sleeve. And I feel very accomplished because I found the beer. I tapped the beer. I'm drinking the beer. You turned everyone into beer monsters. But in what world, I ask you, landline listeners, have you been to a party out in the woods where everyone's out of beer, nobody cares? And there's two kegs of beer that nobody's asked about. I don't know. I found this like kind of charming and more landline than not. Sure. Well, there you go. So movie, let's uh, movie annex, annex, annex my story. I mean, yeah, I think a big reason why there wasn't beer motivation is because everyone was smoking weed, first of all. And second of all, you know, it was important for Alex to experience a party where the trajectory was not let's get fucking drunk this party was about okay we're we're camping this is fun there's live music and tomorrow we need to rage on our one wheels all day again so let's just puff the peace pipe and let the the dulcet sounds of the float tones wash over us uh as we um, sit around a campfire under the stars like that does exist what a quaint story and yet I guarantee those 35 people drank every drop of those two kegs until they were gone and had the worst hangovers ever the next day yeah but like I don't know what's the what's the beef man where's the beef there's no beef I think I am making an observation that many men have found it from age 16 to be the only thing they know how to do at a party is locate the beer, manage the beer, inventory the beer, make sure the beer is cold enough, talk about getting more beer. Okay, so what if, like, are you grappling with the fact that you were that man at that party? I think I am grappling with the fact that, as you said, it was, like, beyond landline it wasn't when landline goes too far although i think it might have been like a hair of when landline goes too far <laughs> when when 240 dollar kegs are getting warm in the back of a minivan while everyone's it asking where the beer out. is and and um two yeah i i am just i i think it's just it's an important to note i i challenge all of you out there to find another party where that happens i think that it is indicative of the festival, as you said, the one wheel crowd, the sort of future, maybe maybe al- maybe we should be shorting alcohol because weed is the next you know place we all go. But, yeah, I think it was worth noting. All right. Next one. Landline. Next voice message sent Saturday, October 13th at 1.03 p.m. 
Alex, Kim, Saturday afternoon, right around 1 p.m., I am on my way from the winery to Napa to pick up some Thai food for the crew. Um, thought things were winding down, and then all of a sudden, Britt asked me the other day, and by the other day, I mean yesterday, if she could drop 60 tons of machine-picked Pinot Noir on my crush pad. So we've been working our way to do that. Um, machine-picked fruit is not pretty. Uh, David, when he saw it, reminded me of the last time we worked with machine-picked fruit, which was, I believe, in the late 80s. We were making a kosher wine for a, um, a brand in Napa, and because of the kosher wine, we had to have a rabbi on site. When the machine-picked fruit arrived, David looked down into one of the bins, and in the middle of it, seemingly doing a backstroke, was a mouse, fully alive, and he turned to the rabbi and he asked, he asked him if it was kosher, and the rabbi, without skipping a beat, asked David, well, is he circumcised? So, so this is what I'm doing today on my Saturday. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Landline. All right, next one. Okay. Number two, the toy store. Why don't you oh set the set, set the set the scene of like just the having a kid and needing a toy store and the one we found. Okay, I am going to get a little specific here. Back um, in North Carolina, Homer discovered the joys of Bado, which is his um, generic brand of Play-Doh. That's how he refers to it. Bado, 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 Bado. So. Much to our delight, Homer, who is 18 months old, was sitting down at a table and playing with Play-Doh for 45 minutes at a time, using an extruder, squeezing it through a shape, screaming with delight, making balls, making snakes, etc., etc. So this is like the first toy we found that is very resonant with Homer. Bado. Bado. And it's like, how are you this morning? Bado. Good morning, Bado. Anyway, so we came home from North Carolina, and being a f- the frazzled packer I am, I had just a couple remnants um, of the Bado experience to to reassemble here in Portland. Bado, and so Alex and I look at each other warmly yesterday and say, "You know what? We should go get more Play-Doh." Uh, accoutrement for Homer so that he can enjoy this experience even fuller. Um, so we load up the carriage, we load up the dog on the leash, and... 70 October, like one of those days you can't believe you get. It's like an extra summer day. Leaves are changing. We're on sort of a no-alcohol kick, maybe thanks to my behavior at the Float Life Festival, so we go get a coffee, and where it's like it's all set up, sunglasses on, sweatshirts. It couldn't be better. And Alex, in advance of this, is like, let's go to Kinder Blossom, which is the fake name of the local hipster, all wood, all natural toy store. And I was kind of surprised to hear that because Play-Doh, as Alex may or may not be familiar with, is got kind of a checkered 
uh, reputation in children's toy because, oh, you know, it's yellow number five and blah, 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 and all the fucking toys are plastic and the extruders, the accoutrement are plastic. Um, so I was like, okay, cool, let's go check it out and maybe there is some neat alternative Play-Doh universe that we can tap into while supporting our local economy. Right, and and to tap into that, it's not that I you didn't say that to me. I just assumed in the same way that like our high end New Seasons grocery store, which is like uh, the equivalent, the local higher end equivalent of Whole Foods, how they have like Reese's peanut butter cup candies um, for Halloween because they just don't want people to go to the other store. I assume that this hipster shop would have the bad dough set up but keep going all right so we walk in well can you actually can you give us some background on how our experiences at this toy store have happened in the past that's that's kind of what i want like we have kind of a weird relationship you can play there you can you can bring your kid there and play there's a play area so we like it for that so we'll like go there while you're getting your eyebrows waxed next door homer and i'll go but i haven't spent any money there but at the same time i do want a store in my neighborhood that sells kids toys that isn't walmart or amazon or or toys r us which is out of business well the store is beautiful the toys are so sumptuous and lovely and a feast for adults to browse um homer might be too young yet to to get really turned on you know like he'll head straight for the wicker basket of knobby balls and like just throw them around all day but it's got all the um, heady brands like Plan Toys and Hap and whatever. It's like beyond Playmobil. It's beyond the, th- I don't know. Brico. This is, this it's like Brico is sort of the, the base level. Brio. Anyway, so. Um, don't, this is good. This is on target. This is. I just feel like it's a little inside baseball. Like, is it boring that we're talking about toys? Well, brands? Ki- other people's kids are certainly boring, but I think this is an it- this is an example of just when you thought that like buying your food from the farmer's market was the only thing you had to do. Once you have a kid, you have to have the landline battle with every single thing. Yeah, you that's do. for sure. And true. It's like, you know, what swimsuit are you going to get? Like, is it going to get an infection in their like two year old, you know, scrotum and which (laughs) well i'm serious though it's like i mean what the way that this woman reacted to us yesterday that's kind of okay so yes this is on topic it's beautiful you go in you touch the toys and then you pick up the you know two inch by six inch by four inch box of magnetic building blocks and you turn it over to see oh i'd love to take these home and have my child play with them $48 for six blocks or whatever and you're just like what the fuck like okay I get it I don't want a bunch of throwaway toys but I can't afford this the only four letters they have for wooden refrigerator man- magnets are W-O-K-E exactly so um, I was I came in the beautiful fit mulleted woman behind the counter and said, hey, do you guys have any Play-Doh? And she looked at me like, oh, hmm, yeah, well, check this out. And she pulls out eco-dough handcrafted in Portland, Maine, and, you know, sings their praises. Oh, you know, this has great playability it's got a great hand feel the colors are vibrant i was like this is awesome beautiful uh i'm looking more for 
the toys that manipulate the eco dough. Let's use that because obviously this isn't a Play-Doh friendly place. And she was like, goes on to diss Play-Doh and then, oops, surprise, like she actually has a, in addition to all of the plan toy sets, she has a Play-Doh set kind of shoved away at the bottom and is like, oh, I guess we have this too. And Homer's like, picking up the aforementioned knobby balls and, like, throwing them all over the place. And Alex Bye, no! Bye, no! Alex and I are, like, looking at each other frantically, like, uh, and, like, holding all these, all like... All right, I'm going to cut you off, because you you done great, but, you know, you just said that one person talks too, for too long on this podcast. Oh, well, by all means, Alex, take it away. So, now let's just think about what's going on in my brain while I'm distracting Homer and making Anna make the decision. Okay, we walked out here. This is a two-hour trip, right? So we don't get two hours. We're not going to do another two-hour trip to another store to find Play-Doh. This is like we got a sunk cost here we're trying to manage. Two, you know, what the shit is the difference? It's like this, that, the other. We need something that distracts this kid. This kid is the first item that this kid will do for 45 minutes straight at a table without requiring us to find another activity, which pays for itself, right? I mean, all you parents out there or just busy people know if you can manage something in less time, then that gives you other time to accomplish other things, which I guess in some fucked up American capitalist society gives you more time to make money, and that's what we're all doing. So I'm kind of like at a point where I'm like, we're buying something here. We got to just buy a Play-Doh thing. Not that you're against it, but we kind of, we're going to get bent over. That's where I'm at. This And I've come in and played in this place and haven't spent any money. And again, back to my point I made a couple of minutes ago, if I want a store like this to exist, don't I just have to pay the money? Now, having said that, I guess going through my mind as I'm looking at these boxes is, okay, we brought the extruder back from Asheville, so we don't need to get another extruder. That was on the Play-Doh set, $30. The other three sets, one was Pastry Chef, one was Make a Town, and one was Creative Set. And all they had were little, like, wood fiber add-ons to kind of like put on top of a play-doh ball and be like that's a house now or one of those if you can recall I guess it's kind of a fabric thing but a rolling blade but it wasn't sharp it was more like make a pattern with this rolling thing with a handle and I was like man these all this shit seems so dumb and useless like I'm inspired to go home and find more things around the house to play with play-doh not buy one of these sets but that's the counterpoint to how alex was feeling well also you think about if we'd gone up to fred meyer where they probably have 43 different play-doh toys it's like bomb the yemeni dissidents with this play-doh airplane that drops bombs (laughs) and like you know finally make the body that you want on barbie with this play-doh add-on outfit it's like they're getting creative they don't need it it's almost like they're dumbing down the excitement because everything needs to be like simple and minimalist and like fit in Dwell Magazine or Kinfolk or whatever that pottery company that everybody likes. So it's just, I don't know. Keith I th- Ceramics. I, you know, I, I don't know what we do here as a 35-year-old generation about this stuff, but I think we're going to need to ask ourselves if we're just going to have $0 left when we turn 60 because our parents live too long, spend all of their money at, you know, 
super expensive healthcare, elderly care homes, and we spent twenty nine ninety five on a piece of plastic in a retro box that is exactly the same thing as we already owned. Biffed it. We but, biffed it. But Homer's happy, so. And we got six new things of Play-Doh, like eight new colors of Play-Doh. So that was good. Yeah, it's kind of exciting. Um, but I just want to say I left that store feeling so judged by that lady. And, like, I asked her about another toy. And she was like, oh, Zablox or, like, whatever it was. I was like, do you have this? And she was like, that. They're garbage, she says to me, and I was like, "Oh, oh I know that." I God. couldn't believe she said that. I could like, I just she like hurt my feelings and fuck Kinder Blossom. That's not the real name, and I'm never going back there. Wow. Well, when you get your next waxing, I probably will go there because the alternative is drinking, and I'm trying to do less of that. So, I mean, why don't why don't we just use their play area as much as humanly possible and never buy something there again? I don't know, listeners. Call in. What would you do? 503-848-8480. That's not it. What is it? It's 894-8480. 503-894-8480. And you haven't heard yet, but Anya left a two-minute message on someone else's machine. Oh, my God. So Amazing. we're I'm going to call that person and <laughs> apologize on the air. So um, before we get to our last topic... I think that the annex basically here's a takeaway that I just came up with on this show. I think you should have 21st century farm to table food with 20th century service from like a diner where the waitress calls you hun and make sure that everything is cooked right. Just because we are the new iteration of everything where it's like petroleum products don't fly and People start to understand that, you know, Chinese medicine can do things that, you know, that like Merck drugs can and whatever these this whole new revolution of consumer products, consumer behavior. We still need to remember that, like, just because you have incredible able skivers, which are deep fried Danish donuts at the brunch place down the street from us, doesn't mean you can like treat people like shit as the waiter. Yeah, I just. How, how can you afford to be mean when your toys cost 60 bucks? And maybe that's like a whole psycho like it works in fashion, I guess. But well, how does that translate to children's toys? I think that the cost of that toy that we bought was under a dollar and we paid 29 for it. So Ugh, that's so depressing. Let's move on. Okay. Well, the last one's going to be a tough one as well. But I think it's a really important one, and I want you to have the energy to try to, to, to really hold your point of view and not feel attacked. Landline. Next voice message sent Thursday, October 11th. This is your final courtesy call before we are unable to lower your credit card interest rate. Press 1 to speak to the member services department, or press 2 and your eligibility to lower your rate will expire. End of mess- message erased. Landline. The, the last thing the Annex is going to discuss on today's podcast is keeping our house clean. We had a complete alcohol and drug-free meltdown last night about how we just can't keep our house clean. We and can't keep our house spotless. We can't keep our house spotless, right. We can, it's very picked up, and that's your department, so I want to give you an A in the picked up department. Did you hear that, ladies? My husband gave me an A in housekeeping. Well, that's what I want to get to. 
Don't even fucking get me going, dude. <laughs> if you don't you think that that conversation we had is something that couples our age everywhere are having uh, people ever like I read somewhere once that one of the number one reasons people get divorced is because of housework. And you said we were brainstorming tags for Brian, the voiceover guy to do for the continually improving. Wait, wait, wait. And you came up with mine, Anna, the housewife. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, but I'm nervous now. No, you came up with what you thought should be the tagline for the whole show, which is landline. Let's get back to talking about what's important. Is that what it was? A return to what's important. A return to what's important. A return to talking about what's important. Wow. Okay. Whatever it ends up being. <laughs> it really rolls trippingly off the tongue, huh? We, we got to that place because I was really de- trying to describe, like, look, Landline Podcast is a place that people can come to talk about the things that actually matter in their lives. You know, unfortunately for the guy who got killed in the Turkish embassy, his story I don't think has an everyday effect. Now you want to get into the freedom of the press and all of that. The coverage is completely overblown, right? All the media out there is just blowing out information that is not at the core of what makes me happy. What makes me happy is good food, is the cord of wood I'm about to go pick up and split after we finish recording this podcast. You know, board games, card games, sunsets, bike rides, like, you know, Beers on the beach. These are the things that make me happy to be alive for 87 years. And so all of this like texting, but also like social media and overflow of bullshit information about how people slept with somebody or, you know, behave badly in Nebraska. And so the Senate race is different. Or Pippa Middleton had a baby. It's like, I mean, well, that maybe they could send me like the like the quarterly from the royal office. I I would take that. I would still be into that. But anyways. So that's a really long way away of saying, yes, this is important. Keeping a house clean because we've had these dreams of having like this really cool house. And that is, you know, the porch that looks at the sunset and the the other porch on the other side of the house to like watch the hummingbirds or like listen to the birds at night. I mean, these are the things, right? It's all this- about birds. <laughs> <laughs> so just can you just tell me what you think? About the housekeeping? Can you, like, what's your... Oh, God, it's, like, so personal, but I will have the courage to speak because I have to imagine this affects all of us living in domestic partnership. What it comes down to, for me, is pretty tough to talk about, so we might have to cut this, but I have found that we are too disorganized to make more money and we're we make if we made more money wait i messed it up say it again there you go pop nice we are too we don't make enough money to be organized (sighs) and we're too disorganized to make money yeah so i don't know it's just like what do I say about this? I think that people should call the landline 503-894-8480 and, and tell us their hacks. I think this goes back to one of the f- earlier conversations of this season of landline where I lost my keys. I lost my wallet rather. And by the way, coded to that story, go back and listen. If you haven't, I have this thing called tile that tracks 
my my wallet and it's like where maybe technology is good for somebody like me where I'm accepting of technology I lost my keys the other day and I remembered yes I have a tile on my keys and so I press the thing on my phone and so my keys start singing upstairs and I run upstairs to find my keys because I want to go on a bike ride and lock my bike and the the tile that's going off is the tile that I didn't attach to my keys the the tile that I attached to my keys hasn't been programmed to my phone yet there's there's a okay pr- listen I think another thing I want to hear our listeners perspective on is the gender dynamics of all of this because I'm sure all of you listeners can extrapolate that the person who leaves his wallet and links the wrong tile is not always the most harmonious in setting up house systems and putting things away, et cetera, et cetera. It's not to say I'm not without my flaws, but as the female in this house, I have a larger extent of keeping the house clean and tidy. To his credit, Alex pretty much maintains all of the cooking and cleaning. I mean, cooking and cleaning of the kitchen, um, deep cleaning of the kitchen. I would say that I do more of the like whatever. But then, you know, this is like couples counseling 101. We shouldn't list all this stuff out. But at the end of the day, the people I know who have like clean, tidy, orderly houses either live by themselves or are clearly the HBIC who is establishing the system and telling everyone in the house you play by my rules or you get voted off the island i'm not interested in being that woman in my relationship do you feel that you are naturally because we have some listeners who are in female female relationships how do we know who's the housekeeper there and i wonder you just to go back to your original premise do you de facto keep the house clean because it's what you are good at or because what you want to do Oof, there were just like so many cringing things about that last statement for me um i mean honestly i would rather be using an excavator and making furniture in the garage right so we were very successful as a team as partners yesterday hanging these two gigantic storm windows over these picture windows in the front of our house and we Got new hardware for them because the old stuff had broken. We cleaned them, vacuum, squeegee, did spot cleaning with Windex after the fact. We put them up together. We did it all while our baby was napping. Like we, we got like an A plus on that. And it looks beautiful. It's gonna retain heat in our house this summer or this winter. It's gonna lower our energy bill. We aced that. I think if we had to only do shingling, painting, you know, fixing the front step all that kind of stuff we'd ace it but yeah but it's like we don't even get to the those quote-unquote fun projects because it's like i'm literally dick deep in a pile of laundry all the time or whatever like fill in the boring blank here but it's a triage situation so okay let's just hire a housekeeper oh well we can't afford it so what do we do? Like, do we, like, let the house get messier? What is the solution? Listeners, give us your give us your hacks. Or listeners, call in and say you're completely right and this is fucked. Because I think that that's an element of this. I think you just mentioned housekeepers and my brain went off. There was a world where, uh, you know, I'm not saying we shall... There's so much now, like, negative connotation with 
having a housekeeper or even having a nanny, right? You're totally not doing it all. You're not doing your job. If you have a nanny, you're just like people had housekeepers in the past and the housekeeper wasn't a huge percentage of their money that they spent. The economics of the universe were such that you could have a housekeeper who was paid a wage that for their station in life was considerable. They were part of your family and you weren't like shelling out 30% of your income to a housekeeper. I mean, if we wanted to get a housekeeper, we'd have to pay at least 40% of all the money we make to a housekeeper. That is, what is that? Stagnant wages? We need, I guess we need the Jeff, Jeff, the hedge fund thousandaire to come on and tell us what the answer is there. But we have friends who make good money. They don't have housekeepers. They can't afford housekeepers. You, I don't know. I, th- I bet they do. So it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, a housekeeper is someone who's there five days a week and like makes dinner. No, that's like the 1950s housekeeper. Well, that's what I was thinking of. I mean, okay. more to, that people had landlines then. No, no one has a housekeeper except. R- I'm taking that out. Pop. All right. Well, I knew that this would be a tough subject, but is is there any way that we can like use the public nature of our performance right now to find common ground? It's like, I don't want to clean the house. I want to like make art. So I guess that's what we're doing right now. So do we live in a container, like a shipping container that we can just like power wash out? I don't know, but there's some major bird action in this bush behind you. <laughs> All right, well... um, On that note... Any general significant bother comments of the podcast before we go out? Just a nice outro here. No. Not this podcast, but like landline in general. Keep at it, babe. All right, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Landline. 503-894-8480. Au revoir, Ishii. We love you. Bye. We're back here. Slept out on the lawn Put my head down at dawn Don't know right from wrong We're back again Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend.
days are through. Festival. You're listening to Landline.